0: when you're smiling hey you bubbly sparkling water is crisp refreshing and perfect for any occasion kind of like my voice but in a can no calories no sweeteners all smiles bubbly crack a smile hey rick how's it going hey what's up john of the much how's your week been
1: uh, it's been good.
0: It's been good. Came That's good. Play. Same here as well. Just been a little busy.
1: <laughs> oh yeah. I, I see that. But uh
0: anyways, man, uh, we're gonna go I'm gonna go on and introduce the show, and then um and then after that I'm gonna go on ahead and talk about what the theme is for the show.
1: All right, sounds awesome.
0: All right. Hello movie lovers and welcome to the show. For today's podcast, I have Rick with me again. We're going to be talking about our top 10 disappointed movies. It's going to be a little bit different. Normally we go on ahead and we talk about our best, top 10 favorite movies, but we're going to go with something a little bit different, a little bit out of the box, and it's going to be our top 10 disappointed movies. So, what do you have for your number 1?
1: Uh for so we're doing the top 10 disappointed movies we've seen in theaters, right? Like, the ones that we've actually, right. like, gone and seen. And right. Like, I feel like this is something anyone can relate to, going to a movie and seeing something like, oh, yeah, because going to movies is, like, a is like a big thing.
0: You know, exactly. like,
1: it's expensive, and you got to sneak in the snacks because mm-hmm. you don't want to buy, like, you know, $10 for a thing of crunchies or whatever, like, you know? And so I feel like everyone can relate to being disappointed but my least most disappointing if that's how you want to word it uh movie is star wars the phantom menace
0: i can actually see that uh but go on ahead tell me why that was your most disappointing movie
1: all right i grew up with star wars Uh, my, my family's a whole bunch of super nerds all right we had not only did we have every star trek on vhs of the original series but we also had like the three-pack vhs of the original uh three episodes of star wars and i watch it all the time like, religiously i loved it a huge star wars fan and then oh my god a star wars is coming out in my lifetime you know i was super excited right. me me and my mom and my dad we all went to the theaters and i was so souped i, I wasn't i was still pretty young but I was just so stupid and I go there and I walk out of the movie and I was like, man, I, I did not like that. Uh and a b two of the big, big parts were why are Jar Jar Binks and Little Orphan Annie is what I call him, but young <laughs> young Anakin Skywalker. Uh they just were so annoying and so cringe worthy to me like their lines were just like uh you know like half the things the ways they said it and just everything i, I just, I I just
0: couldn't you. i can actually see that i actually agree with you on that man because i've always said this the only redeeming qualities of this film was Darth Maul, the pod race yes yes and and that was it <laughs> The but fight scene between Darth Maul and qui on Jinn. The,
1: the duel of the fates, man, is, like, one of the coolest fucking scenes in all of Star Wars. And I love that scene. And I hate, hate that Darth Maul and that whole epic fight scene and that epic music was wasted on, like, this
0: movie. Same here as well. You know, because I walked in. Matter of fact, I remember the trailer actually being played on The Matrix movie and that's why oh. everybody went on ahead and saw The Matrix because they wanted to go out and see the Phantom Menace trailer.
1: That's a big thing
0: man, the new Star Wars right. movie. Exactly, and not only that but I can also connect with you that, on that too because of the fact with the uh, whole deal is this is for our generation of Star Wars fans. Yeah. So I can actually understand where you're coming from because it's like yes, I finally get a Star Wars movie in my time. Not in the 1970s, but my time.
1: It's just, oh, I just, I'm like, I was young and I walked out of there being like, yeah, I don't really know how I feel about what I just experienced, you know? And uh, it's just, it's it's sad because it's such a huge thing. And as I got older, I started realizing even more things that cringe me about it. Like Natalie Portman was 10, and Jake, or uh, Natalie Portman was 18, and Jake Lloyd was 10. And they're like, all in love and stuff. And it's it's just like, uh, you know, And I feel bad for Jake Lloyd, the actor who played Little Anakin, because he had like some serious bullying and issues and stuff like that afterwards. And it's not even his fault, you know? No, he was just playing a role. Like, he didn't write the lines.
0: Well, get this though, even the actor that played Jar Jar, he had a... He got like death threats. Yeah, he got death threats. Now I don't like the character, but I'm not gonna go ahead and force blame on the actor on what's being read in front of him.
1: Yeah, that's, that's not. Shot.
0: It is because I always said, "Me said don't drive beings. Me said so stupid mm-hmm. <laughs> because like, how wooed? How
1: wooed? I actually say how wooed all the time because <laughs> <laughs> it is funny. But right. overall, it it was just oh, uh, it's just such a cringeworthy movie that I was so excited to see. But the Duel of the Fates, the pod racing was awesome, and Darth Maul, kind of make it you know my least most disappointed movie because there was there were some redeeming moments of it.
0: I I can agree with you on that, you know because of the two redeeming qualities of the film, and everything. For um, but is that all that you have to say with the Star Wars: Defensive Menace, or was there more to it? No, that's that's pretty much it. Okay, for me. It was Terminator Dark Fate. I refused to see
1: any Terminator after Terminator 3.
0: Let me tell you this. I was excited excited now to see this movie because of the fact they brought in John Connor, the original kid that played John Connor.
1: Yeah, I heard about that.
0: I was excited for that. I was excited at the fact that we actually have Sarah Connor back. The original OG is back and she's going to be badass. She's going to do everything that she was part of with the T2. I was excited. Then, I saw the movie. (laughs) And get this, the trailers didn't sell me, so I'm like, you know what? I'm going to go into this thing with an open mind. And everything. I went in with the same feeling of optimistic, because I erased all the other Terminator movies and everything, and I just saw Terminator 2. That's all I saw. I didn't see Terminator 3. You know what I'm saying? I didn't see... I mean, I saw the movies, but I mean, I blocked those movies out of my mind. Right. And I just went on ahead and said, okay, this is a sequel to part three rather than this is a continuation of the other sequels and everything else that we got before this one. But this is the thing that really made me mad. They kill off John Connor on the beach. <laughs> and you want to know how? Arnold kills him because there's actually another version of that Terminator he goes on ahead. He walks on the beach, shoots John Connor, and walks off like nothing happened. Oh, jeez. And then, hold on, it gets better. Actually, <laughs> I say it gets worse. But I was about to say.
1: It,
0: and then, on top of that, you know, I like the villain. I like what they did with the villain with this one. I liked the heroes. But, when Sarah goes, well, there's somebody that's Keeps on texting me and telling me when these new Terminators are supposed to be dropping down. And I don't know who it is. We already know who it is. I mean, it's Arnold. Right. I mean, come on. It's not. <laughs> it's actually saying, I don't know who that is. There's someone randomly texting me.
2: Gee. I,
0: I wonder who. Who could that be, Sarah? And. All of a sudden, they go to this cabin where Arnold is, and he's aged, and it's a new software program that they have to where they can actually look like humans, where they can age. So, okay. So, anyways, all of a sudden, he's married.
2: Okay.
0: <laughs> it gets better. <laughs> His name is Carl.
1: Like okay. The- huh? That's oh, all right. You're losing me.
0: Right. <laughs> he picked the whitest name that he could pick out of a hat, <laughs> the most basic white boy name, Carl. Oh God. And oh yeah, he all uh, he's also he does have a job too.
1: Oh God.
0: An interior decorator. Oh
1: no. <laughs> yeah. It's not even something badass. No.
0: (laughs) And then, so another thing that happens in this film is the fact that you know they they asked him. He goes, "How can you have a family and everything? You can't reproduce or anything like that." He goes, "It's okay. She's okay with it and everything." After what I've done to your son, Sarah, I am so sorry for doing that. And I and I he goes I regret doing it. And she goes How can you feel sympathy when term, terminators that I know of never felt sympathy before? He goes it was trained in my I trained myself to do this. I'm like what? And if you remember, in the director's cut for T2, in order for them to feel some kind of sympathy, they would have he had to go in through his brain,
1: right, and, and reset cut. his uh, his his blocker thing.
0: Right. So, I
1: can't, I can't remember the technical term, but I I do remember that scene. That's like one of my favorite movies. Mine <laughs> too.
0: And it still holds up, believe it or not. I mean, I don't, Oh yeah.
1: I watched it a couple months ago, believe it or not, and like I, we me and my wife were saying like, man, this movie's great. like even the graphics are still compared to today are pretty awesome.
0: I agree. And you know, another thing too with this movie because it's so cringeworthy. I mean, they destroyed they destroyed everything that I had hoped for. I was just in the theater being uncomfortable, wanting to walk out. Ugh, and yeah, I'm like, so. And then I love this. I love this part though. Sarah goes, so you mean to tell me overnight you grew a conscience?" And I love that part right there because she pretty much called them out on it or whatever. But still, even then, it's like one of those things, you know, at least show us with a little bit of maybe a flashback scene showing us that you're going through your head to turn on that switch. Right. You know, how did you get from this point to where you were whenever you killed my son? And then Sarah wants to kill him, which I don't blame her for. Oh, yeah, of course. So that part was believable. Sarah does have moments where she's still a badass, but at the same time, they've also made her dub like she's dumb. And then there's they... a spider in my room. <laughs> <laughs> Sorry, but, no, it's okay. But then they decided to go ahead and fill this thing with instead of like a filler moments or anything like that, with filler CGI action scenes. Over the top action scenes. And it just doesn't work. But that that's was... bad. Yeah. That's just my number one for the movies that I was disappointed in. You know what I mean? But what's your number two?
1: So my number two is uh, is Chappie. So Chappie is... Uh, I don't know if you've seen it. It's a movie by Neil Blomkamp. Uh, the same guy who did uh, uh, District 9 and Elysium. Yeah. And I loved, loved District 9. That, I always thought that movie was absolutely fantastic. And I really liked Elysium. And so when they came out with this whole Chappie, I was like, this looks cool. Uh, do you know anything about it? Or
0: Yeah, I remember watching Chappie on DirecTV and everything. Okay,
1: yeah, it's, you know, the, the robot who, like, pretty much can learn and has a conscious and he kind of gets, like, Kidnapped slash adopted by like <laughs> gangsters, <laughs> right? They can like,
0: circuit,
1: uh, like, it's just these. And it's great because it uh, he was kidnapped by um, uh, what oh, what's the name of that, that band? Uh, Diane Diane Di yeah. And like, so um, he was kidnapped by them, and I it got really bad reviews. I remember, and, but I still wanted to see it because I'm a big Neil bomb fan, and it looked awesome. And so me and my wife were like, all right, let's go see it. Let's just check it out. It was like we were bored. We had nothing to do. We're like, you know what? Let's go check out Chaffee. But it looked cool, and we're watching this movie, and we're going through the movie, and we're like, this movie kicks ass. Like, why did this movie get terrible reviews? It's so good. It's awesome. The storyline's cool. There's cool action scenes. And then we found out why. <laughs> if we would have if we would have walked out of that movie theater with 15 minutes before the actual end of the movie we would have walked away saying that movie was freaking awesome the end ruined it the end ruined the entire movie in the last 10 to 15 minutes and it's like oh no I... you have this such cool storyline This such cool concept that this whole like robot learning humanity but from the wrong people thing going on and it was cool and then like they make it so that humans brains can go into robots and it's like no you can't no that doesn't work you can't do that and not only that but like he's dead you can't put a dead person's brain into a robot there's all sorts of problems with that and they do it with another person who's been who's like been dead they're like no you definitely can't do it with that all those snaps are way done like there's nothing to copy over. And oh, oh, just so disappointing. So and disappointing. disappointing. And me and my wife, me, me and Michelle, we always say, like, if we if we ever see the movie again, we're just going to turn it off when there's time <laughs> left and just pretend that's the end. Because it was so cool up until then. And that's what made it
0: disappointing. I agree with you. Because here I am, I'm watching it, I'm getting geeked out over it. You know what I mean? I really enjoyed District Nine and stuff like that, and then he followed it up with um, Chappie.
1: Elysium. Yeah, Elysium came after just, uh, District 9, and Elysium was also really badass,
2: too.
0: Right, which means he was, like, two for two at that time. And then right. he came out with Chappie, and then it's like he dropped the ball on the very end of it.
1: Yeah.
0: It's like he didn't I really... Wish... W- right.
1: I really wish he would have just had a different ending, like, otherwise it would have been golden.
0: I agree with you on that, because, you know, I was, like I said, I was psyched up all the way up until the very end of it. The very end of it is like, okay, I don't know what I'm going to do with the ending, so I'm just going to put throw a bunch of crap together and see what happens.
1: Yeah, bad move. Shane, What about yours?
0: Well, for me, it's a DC movie, but it's not the one that you're thinking of. Dun, dun, dun. It's actually based off of a dc comic it's a gangster type movie and it's about three women that have gangsters for husbands and they go to jail and now it's up to them to take up the money and collect the money and stuff like that while they're in prison because the families the families of the mob don't like don't really care for them or anything like that. One's just a stay-at-home mother, the other one is, a, is gets abused by her uh, husband, and the other one, the other wife, is facing racial problems because she's black and she's also married to an Italian man, Italian Irish man, and so therefore, there's conflicts on that end. But the name of this movie is called The Kitchen. It's got Melissa McCarthy in it. It's got uh, Tiffany Cater, Elizabeth Moss, and, you know, whenever I first heard about this movie off of Collider Movie Talk, I was psyched up to see this, because I could just see Melissa McCarthy with a those, uh, huh?
1: Those are some pretty big names.
0: Right. And not only that, but Melissa McCarthy is playing in something that's actually a little bit more dramatic, aside from comedies. So I was actually excited to actually see her in something different, you know?
1: Yeah. I mean, she's, I think she's hilarious. My wife also is a really big fan of her movies. And Elizabeth lost my Michelle's absolutely obsessed with The Handmaid's Tale. So like, <laughs> she's great too. Well, uh, most, so, most, oh, sorry. Oh, uh, no. So it's just interesting that I want to hear, I, I haven't seen it. So I definitely want to hear what, uh, where they went wrong. <laughs> okay.
0: So this place this this story actually takes place in the 1970s as well. I forgot to mention that. And like I said their husbands go away because they went to jail. So with everything that went wrong it's just where basically the women are just collecting the money and all they're talking about is how badass they are but they're not showing what they're doing. Like they do beat up a couple of guys here and there or whatever, but it's nowhere near the grounds of a gangster type movie where they, you know, where they actually show everything that's going on within that business world right. where they're taking over. They don't do that. Uh, another thing, too, is when when you walk on the streets of New York, I like why shop that's just me because yeah. I like to see everything going so, on.
1: So it's the scenery. I'm I'm a big. I also will like only watch movies really in like widescreen if there's the option. Right. Like, I just like it.
0: Well, here's the thing. I like it when directors use a widescreen format, or not like a widescreen format, but shooting a scene wide to where you can actually see everything that's going around the characters, mm-hmm. to where you actually feel like you're walking with them. But with this one, on the other hand. It's the complete opposite. It just zooms in like a bad 90s movie where it's just two characters talking to each other as they're walking and just sharing one sidewalk. And yeah, it doesn't do anything for the scene at all. It didn't really do anything for me. I was hyped up because of the fact that They did use the um, song The Chain, which is something that I really love. I love that classic song. But I wanted to see more of a gangster side to them. And then also, too, Elizabeth Moss was probably maybe the only one that had layers to her character. Because she goes from being a girl who's scared of her husband to being the girl who winds up taking care of the bodies that gets piled up. Oh geez. <laughs> so I love that aspect to her, where she's actually one of those characters where she's scared, and then all of a sudden she goes and does a complete three sixty, where she's the one who winds up taking care of the bodies, making sure that no, they don't get turned back up again, and stuff like that. So I love that aspect. And then you, are, like I said, you have Tiffany Hayter in there. She's a great actress and everything. I love her as an actress, but for me. I just didn't really like her in this movie per se. And it had nothing to do with um her at all. It just the lines that they decided to give her, the role that they decided to give her. I do give her give credit for this though. You can actually can tell that she is someone that is actually trying to fit in with the Italian-Irish side of everything because she's actually having to struggle with racist, r- racism within that family. Right. And everything. That makes sense. Exactly, because back then, you know, Italian families and everything was a was a thing where you don't mix uh, with others or whatever. But of color, right. people of color. But you know, they went on and they got married and everything, and they treat her like an outsider. So, you know, what I appreciate what she did with this role was she got what she. Here's the thing: when you have a role. You do it with the best that you can with what you have, and she actually took that role, and they actually and she took it away, and she did a fantastic job with it. And I know that I said that I didn't really care for it in this movie that much. It's just the fact that you could definitely tell in the writing style that they didn't really give her much to do, but she did a fantastic job at what she could do. Is basically what I'm saying. If That makes sense. Right? Yeah. No, I got it. it. Makes sense. But you know she goes from trying to where she's struggling to fit in with this family to saying, I don't give a shit no more and everything. You're going to pay me what I owe, what my husband uh, is the half that my husband's supposed to take in for me, or, you know, there's going to be trouble. And of course they have, get this, Melissa McCarthy is also friends with the Italian mob. Now she's actually has tied ins with, uh with them she also has tied ins with every single person that she, you can think of but it doesn't show anything leading up to her on how she gets these contacts or anything so really it's a film it's that just been, like, right it's just a film that was like, like hollow yeah it just didn't really go anywhere for me but what's your number two uh, uh
1: my my number 3 right um, Is uh, Matrix Revolutions. And the, my main reason for picking that is that I loved the original Matrix. I oh, thought it was so awesome. It was like, it was like revolutionary at the time. You know, it was just like, and it really like blew open your mind like, whoa, what if we're living in a simulation and like all this other stuff, you know, and it's, it's just awesome. I loved it. And the Matrix Reloaded came out. I thought it was pretty. I thought it was cool. I didn't think it was as good as the first one, right. but I really still liked The Matrix Reloaded. I thought there were a lot of really cool parts to it. And then Revolutions came out it was supposed to be like this epic ending to this trilogy. It's going to be so cool. And I really felt like it just like the ending was just like a fell flat, was kind of like disappointing to me. So, like they built up, they even ended it with a cheesy freaking rainbow and everything. <laughs> like, like I mean, that's really? A- uh, uh
0: Correct me if I'm wrong. Doesn't it end where the Oracle is actually sitting on the bench of Central Park and there's actually a rainbow? Yep.
1: Yeah. Yep. Super cheesy. Super cheesy. But and like another thing that really upset me about it was, I I love uh, Hugo Weaving. I think he's freaking awesome. I love him as Elrond. I love him as in as V for V for Vendetta. I think he's. What well, he's one of my favorite uh like fictional villains in The Matrix movie as Agent Smith. I think he's so cool and then he, he becomes kind of from like he's one of the main bad guys, but like the machines were made of bad guys and Smith is kind of just there in the first one he's just like the head kind of like the head like bodyguard guy, and then reloaded he gets a much bigger role, and in revolutions he gets this huge role but Literally, he's fighting Agent Smith like he, they're friggin' Goku and Frieza at the end. Like, fighting through the air and punching and going through buildings and stuff. I'm just like, what the fuck is going on? This isn't anime. Like, what the heck is happening? And it's just like, like they're flying through the air and stuff. I'm flying through, there's a million Agent Smiths everywhere. I'm just like, what is this? Like, what is happening? And then, of course, like, you know, spoiler alert, but really not, because it's like, a ridiculously old movie now at this point. Like then just Neo dies. And that's the end. Right. Neo like plugs himself in and dies. And then the machines are like, oh all this is forgiven. Right. And it's like what the hell just happened? What just happened? And, you know, Why? Right.
0: And I, I get this. I completely agree with you on that though, man, because I really have to say I enjoyed aspects of part two but part three there was no really redeemable qualities of that film yeah it was it was just it was just like a hodgepodge of
1: just things and plots put together that didn't really pan out or make any sense in the end
0: exactly
1: at least that's how i how i felt about it in this this things because like other than other than that like the matrix and the matrix reloaded are awesome i agree like i love them i remember and i saw the matrix I did see The Matrix in theaters because I was uh, too young. It came out, so my mom wouldn't take me. <laughs> but I did see The Matrix reloaded in theaters. because I was a teenager at that point now. And my mom speaks French. Uh, she actually taught French for a little while. And I remember we get, they went to the scene with the French guy, and he starts speaking in French, and I don't translate it or anything like in the theater. And so I asked my mom, like, what's he saying? And she's pretty much, he's cursing at them. Don't worry about it. <laughs> And I always thought that was funny, so, like, that always stuck with me, and I was so excited when Revolutions was coming out, like, yes, yeah, the final part of this trilogy is going to be awesome, and it just, oh,
0: just just such a disappointment. You see, I felt the same way that you do, you know? And not only that, but am I the only one that feels like when they start burning a character's eyes, and then they can still see, it still t- it takes me out of the movie? Like...
1: Yeah, uh, it's just there's a whole bunch of things they did that just didn't make any sense. To right, me. And I know that like oh it's the Matrix, so like what's real and what isn't real doesn't matter and stuff like that because it's the Matrix. But like, but like yeah, but there has to be a plot and it's got to make sense. Well, no, <laughs> you know, like...
0: but if you go back to the very first one, we got we understood the rules and the relationship of the rules. Right. The third one, they went totally bonkers against what they the rules that they actually set up from the first one, and decided to go off the rails with it. Oh yeah, and ridiculous. Not only that, but they kind of did like this Jesus of Nazareth type of thing. If you think about it, where Neo sacrifices himself and Mm -hmm. he winds up dying.
1: Yeah. Sacrifice himself for the forgiveness of humans with the machines and stuff. Right. And like, That's a, like he was some sort of a messiah. Right. This is weird. This is a weird way to end it.
0: It definitely was. I'm interested <laughs> on what they're going to. Sorry, no, 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 go no, ahead. I just said it definitely was. I,
1: I, I'm i interested on how they're going to start The Matrix 4. It, That's supposed to be coming out next year. You know what be funny. I just, I'm curious. It you know
0: would be funny they call this movie what? Matrix Rebooted. Uh, that's great.
1: <laughs> so oh oh fun fact. Alright, the end of the Matrix Revolutions was so bad that if you play the Matrix Revolutions video game, the uh the directors, the two brothers they're actually sisters now, but uh the um I can't I can't ever remember their last name. But uh they Yeah the Wachowski yeah, Wachowski's um, they come up on the screen and they're like, so originally we had this idea, but we're not even going to do that, so you're going to fight just a giant Mr. Smith. And that's what you do. It's this one huge, humongous, like, multi-story building called Mr. Smith or Agent Smith instead of, like, the way that it ends in the movie. So, like, even they come up and are like, yeah, we're not doing that. This is how we're going to end the video game.
0: You know what? I actually played that <clears throat> game and I remember that. <laughs>
1: It was just so weird. It was just like a random thing to throw in there.
0: Right. It goes to show you how much control they actually have out of the video game, which is actually pretty neat because we never saw that before where a director actually has control over a video game before.
1: Yeah. So a- but I just I thought that was always like uh, it pops in my head and it's like. pretty
0: cool. Man, that was weird. <laughs> <laughs> Let's see here. For me, scary stories to tell in the dark for my number three.
1: I did not see that in theaters, but I did red box it, and I can totally understand why that disappointed you
0: like okay i here's the thing. I feel like they actually did a good job for the most part where you they where they combine the stories. I like the fact on how they combine the stories. It's just the cringeworthy dialogue that's flowing out of the characters' mouths and the actors' mouths yes. And I get the fact it's a PG thirteen movie. I respected the fact that it was a PG thirteen movie. I was not expecting a rated R movie from this because it's actually based off the children's book. So I was okay with that. Right. But
1: I read that book. I loved that book when I was little. Same here.
0: And every single scene felt like I was reading each book all over again. But at the same time, it was that cringeworthy dialogue that was just floating out of those characters' mouths and also the stuff that they were doing. It just yep. didn't flow right. It just was cringeworthy. It was something that I really didn't care for. I wanted to walk out of the movie theater from from seeing this. And I never uh, I never walked out of a movie. Never in my life have I walked out of a movie before.
1: Uh, it just it stinks because, like... It's a, it was a really cool children's book. I mean, like to call it a children's book is pretty crazy because it's literally a bunch of horror stories for right. kids. But I loved it, and um, I was really excited for it. I didn't want to see it in theaters because I was suspicious, but we did red box it afterwards, and it was parts of it were really cool, and the other parts of it were like, what are you doing? Also, it's one of those cliche like horror movies where it's like, don't go through that door, you freaking idiot. Why? And they do it anyway, and you're like, you're
0: stupid. All right. All uh, right, hey, John. Okay. So, you were saying because the scary stories to tell in the dark was very cringeworthy for you?
1: Yeah. Um, I felt like it had a lot of really cliche scenes of, like, you know, when you're watching a horror movie and it's like, don't walk through that door, you freaking idiot. And they walk through the door anyway. Like, right. I felt like it was also filled with a lot of, like, those scenes where it's like, you really should not do that, and then they go to do it. Like, dude, you're trying to survive. Like, what are you doing? Like, you can die, and you're like doing really stupid decisions. That's so like, if you got any sort of common sense or will to live, like, you wouldn't be doing that. You know what I mean?
0: Exactly. And it made us feel like that we were dumb. That movie actually made made the audience feel like they were dumb for watching it. I get in the scare towards kids and everything, but at the same time, we also grew up with these stories.
1: Yeah, most of the people who read those stories are adults now.
0: Right. So, I mean, I think that they could have at least, at least made this movie a lot smarter for us.
1: Since yeah. For
0: adults. And everything, you know?
1: Yeah, I totally get, agree with that as well.
0: But yeah, that's my number three for my list for disappointed movies.
1: All right, my next one is The Hangover Part 2. Okay. And I feel like it's going to be pretty obvious when I say it was literally The Hangover Part 1, just with a different location. Exactly. And that really irked me. Granted, I still thought it was funny. I thought there were some parts of it, of that movie, that I was was cracking up laughing, so I thought it was really funny. But in the end, when I walked out of that theater, I felt like I was jipped. For my money, because I felt like I had literally just watched the exact same plot as the first one over again, right. with just different characters. You know, like the same, even the same characters, just different like roles switch kind of thing. Uh, and, right. And that that upset me. That upset me because and it's things because it's a funny movie. It's it's funny. It's just like I felt cheated on. You literally just did the same thing. The first one made a ton of money, so you just tried to make a ton of money again by doing the exact same formula.
0: I agree with you 110% on that, because here's the thing. I didn't see it at the movie theaters, but I did wind up renting it on Redbox or whatever at the time. And, you know, I'm like, this is the same rehash of the first one.
1: Yeah, it's like, they don't even try and hide it. It's It's no, exactly it's the same. The same.
0: Right not only that but it also had the same jokes from the first one and the same lines and also the same plot. And I'm like this is not something that I would want to watch in the theaters and I'm glad that I didn't. And like you said there was a few funny scenes here and there but not enough to where it can redeem itself.
1: Exactly.
0: And I I still say this to this day The Hangover 3 was a much better movie than The Hangover 2.
1: I agree. I agree completely with that.
0: Because it wasn't the same plot. It was something different. It had cause and effect from the first movie. And that's what I like. It was about the consequences of the first movie that landed them into the part, into part three.
1: Yeah, they really should have just had so, part one and then part two just should have never existed and part three should have been that the sequel that and like that's just how it should have gone
0: exactly what else did you like about the hangover too though
1: that's pretty much it overall i thought it was funny but i just felt really cheated that it was like like i said the exact same formula as the first one the person goes missing They have to find the person before the wedding and it's just like literally i'll follow the clues of where we were the night before and none of us remember because we were on drugs it's like that's Literally the same movie, and it, exactly. it, just, it just really disappointed me because of that.
0: All right, let's see here. My other my number four is actually Birds of Prey.
1: Okay, I did not see it yet. I want to, uh, just because okay. I'm a big DC fan. But a,
0: okay, but just a little FYI, I'm not going to go into spoiler territory. All right, cool. Or because or anything like that, so you don't have to worry about that. But if you have questions, I'll answer some questions, but I'm not going to be where I'm going to be spoiling the whole movie for you.
1: All right, cool. Lay it on me. All right.
0: Okay. So I love certain aspects to this film, but I still felt like I was cheated out of this movie because of the stuff in this movie. And I was also disappointed in this movie Because even with the trailers, it didn't really sell me, but I still ignored all the negativities and stuff like that and checked myself at the door. And I went in and saw this movie for what it was. And I get the fact that they're actually showing us a Harley Quinn movie and what goes inside her head and stuff like that. And I can actually appreciate that aspect. I really can. Now, this is where I'm going to go with my positives first. I love the wide-shot action scenes in this film. I thought the wide-scene action scenes were really good for what they were doing. Like, this is not a spoiler. This is actually in the trailer. where You remember that one scene where she takes this truck and ramps it into Ace Mm -hmm. Chemicals? Yeah. That scene actually plays out very well with that action scene. Her on the roller skates and everything. When it comes down to the action scenes and everything, it's top-notch they do a bang-up job with the action scenes and everything else, especially whenever she's fighting in the uh, jailhouse inside the uh, inside the uh, prison. I felt like they did a good job with the uh, wide scenes with that and also the action scenes with that. But where it falls apart on is the characterization of the characters. And the only one that actually had some emotion to him was Huntress. And I love Huntress. when she, And she got introduced on Arrow and I loved what they did with her on that. They went into the backstory about the Italian family and stuff like that with her backstory. And they would touch on a little bit here and there with some of the other characters. But they didn't flush them out like they did with Huntress. Like I wanted to. So the characterization of the characters was underwhelming. And then Black Mask was supposed to be someone that I was supposed to be afraid of. And I wasn't scared of him. That's thanks. You know, that's just for me. You know, you could well, actually take it in a
1: different way. Wasn't Black Mask? Know. Uh, Ewan McGregor also didn't he play Black? Yeah. yeah, he's an awesome actor too. And I liked Margot uh, Robbie as Harley Quinn. As many as people right. now say what they will about Suicide Squad, I did think she right. did Harley Quinn very well in that. Um. I so, mean, ah, that's things. I'm, I'm still going to see it. Not gonna lie, uh, but I, I feel like now I will have uh, better expectations. You know what I mean? Maybe I've I won't be so let no down.
0: <laughs> right. And I have to admit this: the jokes and everything are hit and miss here and there. The thing that I wish that they would have done was had Joker in there because there is no Joker in this movie at all. Yeah, I know. It's like a but... breakup. Right. But, okay, we all been through breakups before. Oh, yeah. And you know how there's that awkwardness when you see your ex with somebody else? hmm I wish that they actually had that in the scene at the club that, that's in this movie. Just have Joker show up with somebody new in his life, and here's Harley trying to fit into a world without the Joker.
1: Joker does have, have a new girlfriend in the comics.
0: Right. Uh,
1: so that would have been... Yeah, perfect. that would
0: have been great. But instead, there's no Joker, but I would love to see that awkwardness between Joker and Harley. All right. You know, I really, I really would feel like that it would actually balance the film out. But w- when you see this movie, let me know what you think, because I'm curious what you have to say about
1: it. Yeah, I'll let you know. Like I said, I'm still going to see it. I just got to find the time to watch adult movies around my two-year-old. Right. <laughs>
0: But I will say this: I thought the ending was anticlimactic, and that's where I'm leaving it.
1: Oof. <laughs> all right,
0: all right. So, what's your number four? Well, number five.
1: Uh, t- t- Crimson Peak. Uh, I don't know if you've heard of Crimson Peak or seen Crimson Peak, but is this is a horror movie. Uh, yeah, I've seen it, and one of the things that really attracted me to it uh, was that a stars uh Tom uh Hiddleston. I got Loki, so like I, I'm like he's great. I loved him as Loki and stuff. So I was like awesome. Like I can't believe uh, that he's gonna be in this movie. That Tom Hiddleston's gonna be in this horror movie. The the uh, trailers looked cool. They had really cool effects going on and stuff. And I was like, oh, this looks awesome. Um, it's directed. The set pieces looked awesome. And it's directed by uh, Guillermo del Toro, who I also love. Yeah. I love him as an as a director most of his movies i'm huge fans of so i was super excited for this movie uh we went and i just felt like it was just just let down like they like in the trailer they had that cool scene with like the red clay ghost coming up out of the ground and stuff and i thought that'd be like more of a thing than it was, it was just like a two second scene that just like never appears ever again and stuff and I felt like the story, the plot, from what I can remember of it, was just like weak. You know, like really, like that's what's going on. And uh, in fact, so this is this is pretty great. I was talking to my wife about this list. Uh, you know, while I was trying to think of the movies and stuff, that I mentioned, oh, *Crimson Peak*. My wife has absolutely zero recollection of us going to see this movie in theaters. Zero. <laughs> so like, and I'm like, I know we saw it together. I know for a fact we saw it together because we saw it. Because these two people who I was not friends with before we started dating because they are your friends, and that's who we saw it with. And she was like, yeah, no, I never saw that movie. And I'm like, yes, you did. I, 100%, I know you did. I know you saw this movie. And like, I was explaining to her, and she was like, yeah, no, I have zero idea what you're talking about. I'm like, I, like, when this movie came out, we were already dating. There's no way I saw this movie without you with your friends. I remember you being there. And she had no memory. It's like so. That's kind of that's kind of an example of how not good it was. (laughs) Is that it's literally been blocked out of her mind completely? But yeah, it it was just disappointing to me. I thought there could have been so so much more they could have done with it to make it interesting, and they just didn't.
0: Well, another thing too was like I knew it was going to be a love story because don't forget I also keep up with all that. So you know I knew it was going to be a love story tied in with the whole um, horror element to it but at the same time I don't mind if they do that go down that route as long as it actually fits in with with the theme of what they're doing and it seems like they went from they didn't even know what this film basically let me try and get my words right basically they didn't know what, this, what they wanted this film to be the, yeah
1: basically. I get what you're saying I get what you're saying with that
0: and one minute's a love story. The next minute is a horror movie. The next minute is a slasher movie. It's like, okay, which one are you? Because you're confused. I was me. having an identity <laughs> crisis. Right. So, I can appreciate what Gilmore Del Toro was trying to do. I can appreciate that. But it just didn't work for me. It kind of fell flat. Yep. You know?
1: That's exactly how I feel. Just disappointed in right. it.
0: And I wanted to love it because I like Guillermo Del Toro movies.
1: Yeah. Overall, he's but, he's pretty hit on with, the spot on with uh, when he makes a movie. Like, it's, like when usually when I see his name attached to pretty much anything, I'm like, oh, this is going to be good. You know, because he's just great with that. But, yeah, no, this one just fell flat.
0: I agree with you on that. Um, for me, for my number, this is going to be my number five. And that's going to be Annihilation.
1: Oh, no! I love that movie! (laughs) Shut up!
0: (laughs) Okay. So, for me, and if anybody doesn't know what this is about, it's about a biologist and a former soldier joins a mission to uncover what happened to her husband inside Area X, a sinister and mistress phenomenon that is expanding across the American coastline. And once inside, the expedition discovers a world of mutated landscapes and creatures, and dangerous as it is beautiful, th- that threatens both their lives and their sanity. And this is why I was disappointed with it: is because of the fact I didn't understand a damn thing about this movie. You're not
1: supposed to. <laughs> like, <laughs> it's okay. Oh, dude, I love that movie.
0: Let me tell you another thing, though. I was sold on them going into X and seeing another world. I was sold on that. I was sold on the creatures. Oh yeah,
1: that was cool. They did a lot of really yeah. cool stuff with that.
0: Right. I was sold on all that. It was the ending and every and the way they went about that. I'm like, what the hell is going on?
1: And I, I can I can see that. I can see that. I'm a big so the big thing that this movie reminds me of is i'm a huge h.p lovecraft fan um and it's one of those like cosmic horror things where it's like things not from this world that you can't understand that has an agenda that you just don't know and that's kind of the basis of a lot of h.p lovecraft stories and i felt and, and i really felt like it was emanating like i saw a lot of the colorado space in this movie uh, annihilation Right, and which they did do a movie about *Starting the Cage*, which I like a lot. But, it, or you know, originally it was an HP Lovecraft story, and I did like it. My wife also really likes it a lot. Uh, I, we love that bear scene, man. That bear scene in the house is so yeah. freaking cool. That was awesome. That <laughs> that, was, that, that was scene cool. I felt like was so well done. Uh, I can understand what you're saying about the ending because the ending is a trip. The ending is like a good five minutes of, of you dropped acid and don't <laughs> and don't really know what's going on. But, right. um, but so I can I can get that. I can understand why some people would be disappointed. And I have heard that other people didn't like it. And I'm just like, ah, that's a shame.
0: Right. And then I you know but you know what I mean though. I mean I just wanted I right I just wanted to actually explain to me why this thing was actually doing and then I I understood the fact that it was cloning her but at the same time it was like weird on the process on how they were doing it
1: yeah the ending can be pretty confusing Uh, like you kind of got to look at it in a way as you know like you're not really supposed to know what it's doing because it's not from our planet it doesn't work the same way as us but I can definitely see that. And like I said I, I uh before, I have heard other people say that they were disappointed in it, too. I just personally, I do love
0: that movie. All right. So what's your number
1: five? Uh, let me see. My number five is, oh, I'm probably going to get a whole bunch of shit for this. But I might not. <laughs> but uh, Star Wars The Force Awakens. I was super disappointed in
0: that. What what, what made, what was disappointing for you?
1: I'm trying to figure out a way to word it. I felt like I watched the original trilogy episodes four through uh, six just in right. one movie. I felt like they cherry picked the best parts that everyone loved from those three movies, and just put them into one movie, being like, everybody loves these parts, let's just throw them into one movie, and they have to love it, because it's all the same things from those movies. Uh, The father versus son, when going to the dark side, when going to the light side, Uh, the death planet instead of the death star kind of thing, Uh, the bad black guy becomes the good black guy, the lost desert roamer finds out they're a Jedi, you know, like, I really felt like it was Just episodes, right? Episodes four, five, and six in one movie, and I walked out and and I know a lot of people were disappointed in it, and but like like I said, like I was always a big Star Wars fan. Uh, I was really upset with the Phantom Menace. Clone Wars was, or Attack of the Clones was, uh, you know, it was alright, and I really liked the third one, uh, Episode Three. And I was like, oh, you know, it's a whole new one. It could be a new series, a restart. Disney's got the money to do whatever they want with this. And I really just felt like they took all the same uh, parts from the original three that everybody loved and just put them in one movie thinking people were going to love it because it was all the same stuff. And I was just I was just disappointed. Even my stepdad also, me my mom, my stepdad and my wife, also all together. And we all walked out that movie being like,
0: Uh, no. You see, with me, on the other hand, I liked the movie. I thought it was really good. Yeah, there's a lot of repetitive stuff they actually borrowed from the other movies. I was like, okay, it's been over 30 years since the original trilogy. So they have to try to reintroduce us into this world again. Which is actually hard for them to try and do, especially with the audiences of today. So, I can understand why they would borrow elements from that movie so we can actually get new Star Wars fans on board and also have the old Star Wars fans on board as well. So you have to find a way to actually bring both elements into this thing and make it to where it can coincide with both sides. So yeah,
1: I, mean, I kind of get that a little bit, but I really felt like I really felt like they like you said they rehashed the same a lot, of, a lot of the same things. There was a lot of it that was different, yeah. Right. Uh, and yet, yeah, it is a different uh, type of viewer in today's times. But I, I just wasn't feeling it. No, and, it just wasn't for me.
0: Right. And get this, you're not the only one that feels that way either. I mean, there's. Oh, I know. Of
1: there's a. Oh, I, I'm, a, I'm very aware of that. The internet is. Goes, <laughs> goes anywhere on the internet, and
0: really? <laughs> you'll find people that completely
1: agree with me, and yeah. you'll find people that totally agree with you also. Right. Uh, who who did enjoy it, but I just didn't. I was just disappointed, honestly.
0: Right. I can understand you walking into the theater, especially after getting the trailers for The Force Awakens, and then all of a sudden, all that feeling of being psyched up for it and then being totally let down because it wasn't what you were expecting. You were going based off of your own theories on what you thought it might actually happen, and, you'd be, and you walked out feeling let down. So I completely get it. You know? Yeah, totally. Um, let's see here. I actually have a Ben Affleck movie that I didn't care for. Oh, go on. It is called Live by Night. Live by Night? Yeah, this movie came out in 2016. And here's the thing. I love gangster movies. You know that, for a Oh, minute.
1: I know you do. I know you do.
0: And I love the fact that I finally... Well, okay, I'm sorry. It came out in 2017. But I love the fact that we have Ben Affleck, who's from Boston, playing a gangster. And he's playing a gangster in the 20s. All right. In the all right 19, that sounds cool. Right, during the prohibition. And it hasn't stopped the flow of booze in an underground network of gangsters runs uh, spec phases. The opportunity to gain power and money is is there for any man with enough ambition and nerve, and Joe Cullinghan, the son of the Boston Police superintendent, long ago turned his back on the strict upbringing for the spoils of being an outlaw. But even among criminals, there are rules, and Joe breaks a big one, crossing a powerful mob boss by stealing his money and his mole. Mole, And The very beginning of it, it starts off really good. It starts off in this underground casino. And basically, Joe goes on ahead and tells the girl to go and handcuff herself. And act like that she didn't know what was going on. And they walk out with the money and everything. And of course, that's where the problems lay. But the problem with this film was the pacing. I don't mind... The you know me, I love slow build as long as it's actually there and necessary. As long as there's
1: a climax at the end of it. Right, exactly. There's gotta be something there's gotta be something to, to punch at the face of, you know, punch in the face at the end of that slow build to be like,
0: whoa! Right. And th- with this I felt like it was a snooze fest and re- really relied on Joe's relationship with the mole, mole because the mole is a woman that he actually falls in love with with an underground uh, you know that underground gambling God place. Damn that-
1: and it's Jersey girl all over again.
0: Right. <laughs> so I'm like, this is not what I wanted from a gangster film. Like, I get the fact that you know you actually have to have some type of romance inside the movie and stuff like that. I totally get that. But you know, you know, and I and I liked it in Goodfellas. I liked the fact that you actually see things from both sides between he- Helen's side and Henry's side of things. But then they did just rely on the romance of that. They actually relied on the heist. They they ended up giving us a lot more stuff to, that Henry did. But Ben Affleck, on the other hand, it was just him basically beating himself up over this girl and just being a giant news fest of a movie that didn't really go anywhere. Oh, that sucks. And I wanted so much from this movie, man. Because I love Ben Affleck as an actor. I thought that he was going to be really good in this movie. And it's just, and not only that, but I understood that he was actually facing alcoholism and stuff like that too. But I just wanted so much from this movie because of what I got in the trailer. But
1: yeah, I can definitely relate to that with the trailer leading into one thing and then just it being total opposite.
0: But what's your number six?
1: So my number six is, uh, the last airbender. Uh, I don't know if you saw it, but it was just bad. It was just really bad. It just really had like nothing to it, really. Um, I will admit that I do not watch the anime, and I know there's a whole argument about it. it's not <laughs> the anime because American, shut up, whatever. That's not the point right now. <laughs> uh, but I
0: understood why you went to saw this movie, right? Because M Night Shyamalan.
1: Yeah. I, so I I also have comes to realize that M. Night Shyamalan uh, can be hit or miss. Some of his movies are fantastic, and some of his movies are the happening. Uh, But, um, like, I I was excited to see, and I really, I think a big problem with this movie, well, there were a couple of big problems with this movie. One is I felt like it didn't really have a solid direction of where it was going. Um, I felt like it was trying to be, like, one of those, Shaolin Monk movies that you can only get if they're actually made, you know, in Asia and not dubbed and stuff like that. You know, like Crouching Tiger. I feel like they're trying to do like that kind of thing, like Crouching Tiger, Hidden Dragon type stuff. Right. Uh, whilst, but it's M. Night Shyamalan. He doesn't do those types of movies. He does like suspense thriller horror type, you know, movies. Right. So I feel like he wasn't the right director for this movie, and because of that, like he didn't really know where to go with it. And so we tried to do like this kind of this this kind of movie and it just like just blah. It was just like that's this bad. It was
0: just a bad movie. <laughs> I agree. And not only that, but at that time too, if you remember the Time magazine articles that they were writing up on and I Uh they were actually calling him the next Steven Spielberg. And that actually got to his head.
1: Uh, yeah, I can see how that was. Steven Spielberg is a freaking legend.
0: And another thing that I want to mention is this. Uh, "Lady in the Water, remember that movie?
1: Unfortunately.
0: Okay. <laughs> Disney told-
1: I also saw that in theaters, actually, too. Oh, uh, I think about it. I totally
0: forgot. Well, let me tell you a little story, though. He met with a Disney executive. The Disney executive told him, look, we want you to do it this way. And because he got that big head saying, I'm going to be the next Steven Spielberg and everything, he overruled them. So because they overruled, he overruled them and everything, That that's when they ran into problems. And that's yeah, why you're I mean,
1: never going to have a successful movie if the two people who are making it are butting heads. Right. Oh uh, yeah, but the last Airbender is just just bad. Just don't see it. It's Disappointing.
0: <laughs> you know what? I didn't make to this day. I didn't even see that movie. Don't. <laughs> <laughs> you know, everybody told me how bad it is and everything, but I'm going to be one of those people that I never saw a Lady in the Water. I've never seen. Mm. Um I've never seen The Last Airbender. I've seen every yeah, movie you, after you, those two movies. And also of course you're, not,
1: you're not missing anything. With either of them. <laughs> Alright, what is uh your next one on the list? Your number six, right? Is that what Ron? Or seven? Yeah.
0: Actually six, that that was my number six. So my number seven is the movie Legend. Legend, legend, and that movie. I is... I feel like Tom I may Hardy. have seen it.
1: No, I didn't.
0: <laughs> okay, this is a movie with Tom Hardy. He's a now. This is another gangster movie. Oh, jeez. And it actually takes place in London, England. All right. And so, basically, it's based off a true story about two brothers who is uh, charming and violent. Reggie Cray and his unstable twin brother, Ronnie, start to leave their mark on the London underworld in the 1960s, using violence to get what they want. The siblings orchestrate robberies and murders while running nightclubs and and protection rackets. With police detective Leonard Nipper Read hot on their heels. The brothers continue their rapid rise to power and achieve tabloid uh, notary. So here's the thing we have Tom Hardy playing both roles of the brother.
1: Oh, that's interesting. That's kind of cool.
0: I loved him playing the brother. And the brother is totally unstable, like the synopsis actually says it is. He is bonkers. The other brother's kind of chilled, kind of laid back, a little bit. You know what I'm saying? More of a professional type of person. The brother on the the other brother, on the hand, is a loose cannon, like a Joe Pesci kind of loose cannon. I
1: was literally about to bring him up. I'm so glad you did. <laughs> <laughs> oh, and geez. you oh, know, wow. that that sounds. It, honestly, the way you described it just now, though, it sounds cool. So I'm, I'm interested in what the whole disappointing part of it it is.
0: Okay, the disappointing part is just like Live by Night. It primarily focused on the uh, relationship between the gangster brother, who is more stable, and the relationship between them two rather than what's going on with the brother, the other brother who's also part of the mob as well. So it's primarily focused on the, that relationship. It
1: was and, a relationship yeah. stories. <sighs>
0: and I'm like, this is supposed to be a gangster movie. And I bought this on Blu-ray because I love Tom Hardy.
1: Yeah, he's a good actor. Most of the stuff he's in is pretty solid work.
0: Exactly. And I love the bar scene where Rick, with the two brothers, where the point is where he ends up kicking they wind up kicking each other's asses.
1: Oh, nice.
0: And I'm like, I could just see him tired on the set. And his wife, if he has a wife or a girlfriend, what happened to you? Oh, I kicked my own ass <laughs> at work today.
1: That's great.
0: <laughs> <laughs> and, you know, I love that whole entire bar scene. The bar scene actually worked and stuff like that. And the gang some of the gangster stuff. Oh, I- you heard of, uh, you heard of a little movie called uh, A Bronx Tale, right? Oh, yeah. You remember the uh, mob boss in The Bronx Tale? Yeah. He's in this movie. Oh. Playing a mob boss. Like the, the... Oh, that's cool. New
1: York. That's pretty cool. I think so. That I like, didn't end up... Uh going the right way,
0: though. That sucks. And, you know, like I said, this is uh, something that I really have to say that I was excited for when I saw the trailers. 1960s, Mafia type story with Tom Hardy in it. Sign me up. Then I watched it, and now I know why it was released only for a week in theaters. So... Yeah, so that is my disappointed movie for number seven. All right,
1: my number seven, or my number eight, eight, uh, is uh, Paranormal Activity. So, oh man, this movie. (laughs) Uh, I actually fell asleep during this movie in theaters. Uh that is how bored I was of this whole thing, and i at i remember I was so excited to see it. I was so excited because this movie was supposed to be like the scariest movie in america right at the time i 'm a huge horror movie fan I love 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 horror movies, and so I saw this advertisement scariest movie in America people <laughs> are walking out of theaters, people are throwing up people are. Are screaming and like in the trailers and in the commercials they show of like people screaming in the movie theater and I was like, yes, it's going to be so freaking awesome! I can't wait to get scared. <laughs> and the whole movie was just jump scares. It was, it was so obvious, so expected. Everything I knew. I literally was sitting there, just like this isn't even scary at all because I know everything that's going to happen. It's timed so badly. Like maybe two. People who didn't watch a hundred thousand horror movies before this movie might think it's you know it's scary stuff, but it's a movie just filled entirely of jump scares. There's no like real, I'm a huge psychological horror movie. Thank you. Those are those those are my favorites. Like the one that really gets in your head, and I felt like this one didn't. And about the last like twenty minutes in the movie, I was like, I'm taking a nap. It was also late. I went to like the really really late showing because I went after work. That was, like, the only time I could do it because you know, I wanted to see it, like, ASAP. I wanted to see it, like, the first week of release, so that way nothing was, like, spoiled for me because I was so excited to see this, like, really scary horror movie, you know? And, like, last time so I was like, yeah, I'm going to sleep. Like, screw it. This movie sucks. <laughs> not even scary. I went to sleep, and then, like, years and years later, uh, one of my best friends convinced me to watch the whole thing with them. Like, oh, no, it's good. Like, the end's really good. I'm like, all right, fine watch the whole thing i was like no this movie sucks <laughs> like i didn't change my opinion at all like i, I could have gotten my whole life without seeing that last 20 seconds. 20 minutes and still felt the same thing uh but yeah i just just wasn't scary It just i it was so bo- boring and predictable to me uh and i just didn't like it i had high expectations
0: i feel the same way you do though to be honest with you because Movie theaters, and I actually fell asleep watching it.
1: You fell asleep in the movies, too?
0: Yeah, I fell... Oh, the- that's
1: awesome! We both thought- <laughs>
0: <laughs> You fell asleep in that movie, too?
1: Yeah! <laughs> I yeah, fell- last 20 minutes, I fell
0: asleep. I fell asleep to the whole thing, just about. <laughs> like, I saw the previews, I saw where they were getting ready to set up the camera and everything, and then I conked out. Uh and uh, because it was boring. I felt like I was doing surveillance. It was I felt like I was doing surveillance for a home for ADT. Yeah, it
1: was super boring really. It was just boring and predictable and the jump scares weren't just that were just jump scares. You can almost always tell when they were gonna
0: happen. Do you wanna know when and, I woke up? Oh uh, when? When the usher had that literally the people who were cleaning had to wake me up. That's pretty
1: funny. I went there with some of my friends, uh, and they ended up, like, trying to wake me up a couple of times. Some of them were, like, squeezing my arm during, like, the last couple of minutes. Like, I got it. Like, leave me alone. Like, I don't want to see this movie. Uh, and then, like, when it was over, they were like, oh,
0: man, Rick. I like, no, nah, dude. That
1: movie is garbage.
0: Um, but, yeah, I mean, the ushers were like this to me. They were... um did you like the movie? I said, "Um, yeah, I'm watching it. He goes, no, you fell asleep. I'm like, oh,
2: okay. (laughs) And I still have my full bag of
0: popcorn and my large drink.
1: I love that. That's fantastic.
0: (laughs) I'm like, well, I'll just go now.
1: Oh god! Did you end up watching it like after the fact? No,
0: film? I didn't even go back because oh, I
1: felt... don't. It's such a disappointment. As a
0: Matter of fact, I'm even more wary with those kind of commercials now, where they actually show the audiences in the movie theater because they can actually fake it.
1: Yeah, yeah. Uh, like I was so excited for this movie. Like literally, like scream movie in America! Look at all these people screaming and stuff. I was so souped, and I went to see it, and it just was so. It felt so flat. So flat, so predictable, so boring. No real horror was used in that movie at all.
0: And oh. okay, so you're not gonna like my my other one that I have.
1: <laughs> uh oh, <laughs> it's
0: Suicide Squad.
1: Ah, <sighs> and I like that movie. I know everyone hates it, but here's it. the thing. I like
0: it. I'm not hating it for the sake of hating on something because I think it's the most popular thing that's actually gonna set me in front of the popular kids. I'm not hating it at yeah, all. Yeah,
1: bandwagon. Right.
0: I'm not. And here's the thing: I love aspects from the movie. I don't hate the entirety yeah. of the film, but I was also let down because I was one certain scenes that were in the movie that wasn't in the movie.
1: Yes, that ticked me off. And. That took me off
0: a lot. Another thing, though, I love the trailer. I mean, I still have the video that I've done on my YouTube channel with me and Roberto. And us just being psyched up and excited for it, the bohemian there. Us just being geeked out over this trailer. And you know what I wanted them to do instead of Enchantress? I wanted them to go ahead and do it like a New 52. Where...
1: Oh, that wasn't. Okay, okay,
0: listen to my. I love the Fifty Two series. Get, listen to my plot.
1: Harley is mm-hmm. on the
0: Suicide Squad with Deadshot and Slipknot and all those people, and she's actually trying to help them find where Joker is. But Harley backstabs them so she can find Mister J herself and try to find him.
1: Oh, I would have been way better.
0: Exactly and that's what I wanted to see. That's what I thought we were going to get. Instead, I got Enchantress doing a belly dance uh, to the Macarena, yeah. and I was left out disappointed in that. I didn't get Joker where he says, I can't wait to show you my toys. I didn't get any of the scenes that Jared Leto said that he actually did a great job in, and I liked Jared Leto as the Joker.
1: Mm-hmm.
0: Go ahead. Sue me, whatever. I liked him as the Joker.
1: I, I also do.
0: And it wasn't his fault for the way things went down. It was the studio's I, I, decision on what they were trying to do. And I've even said this, to, though, before was the fact that, you know, let's say, for example, I tell you that I want to go paint a house blue. Okay? I'm trusting you to paint my house blue. Then, while you're painting, while you're doing your thing. I come like out of nowhere with white paint. I don't, I don't like the way you're doing the blue paint. I want it back to white again.
1: Mm. So,
0: I blame the studios with that part. But... Yeah,
1: that, I can definitely... Yeah, that, that was a big problem. But
0: the things that I left disappointed with was the choppiness of the movie. And also too... I love the also too I was also disappointed with the way they actually did the whole plot the plot of the movie. I was let down with that I didn't really care for enchantress I didn't care for hardly anything that was going on in the movie for that fact. it just felt like a giant two and a half hour music video rather than a movie
1: I can understand that um I went in. Uh, kind of being like, I'm going to accept this movie for what it is. I'm not going to, I tried to go on with kind of a blank slate when I went to see it. And I feel like because of that, I came out being like, I like this movie for what they did with it. I totally understand a lot of people being disappointed with it. I can I can see why they would be. I can see why you would be. Um, I do feel like it's a lot, there's a lot of hate that it gets that I feel like uh it's kind of like the bandwagon hate you know what i mean right. like oh i I hate that movie what did you see it no well then shut up <laughs> you know like uh but yeah it definitely could have been better there's a lot they could have done to change it i mean the, the fact that they cut like 75 percent of Jared leto's scenes just that alone is just
0: it yeah. is and now do an air cut of the film for his own movie. They should. And here's the thing. This is what I said last night on my podcast too, where I'm like, okay, the version that we got for the extended cut, was that from the studios shutting the fans up because of the fact that we got, um, because of the fact that we winded up getting a ultimate cut for Batman versus Superman? Or was that the air cut that we, that we were supposed to get? So my guess is that we're that's actually from the studios. Shutting us up. Mm, probably. Because there were still scenes that were still. Probably. Quite, I wouldn't be surprised. Right? But yeah, that's my number eight. All
1: right. Um my next one is, let me see. Uh Spider-Man three. Oh man, this movie is just a cringe fest of terribleness in so many ways. Uh so I'm gonna start this off by saying Venom is my all-time favorite Spider-Man uh villain, anti-hero, whatever you wanna call him. I love Venom. I've always loved Venom ever since I was a little freaking kid watching the cartoon Spider-Man series on, on TV. Venom was always my favorite. I had a huge Venom model action figure that I absolutely loved. And like part of his like suit was peeling off. So you could see like the like flush part of him and he was all beat up and cut up and he was standing on top of Spider-Man being like pounded into the ground with one like, of his feet. And I loved this model and I had it on my desk and like I loved Venom. I always loved Venom. And first Spider-Man and Spider-Man 2 with Tobey Maguire were awesome. Both of them I absolutely love. And so when I found out that Venom was going to be in uh, Spider-Man 3, I was so excited. I was so for like, oh my god, my favorite Spider-Man film is going to be in the Spider-Man movies. It's going to be so cool. And uh, what we got was this really cringy even mode. Spider-Man type thing with weird dancing and weird hitting on the girls and just like, what are you doing, dude? What are you doing? And they changed the whole story with how Uncle Ben died. And uh, I want the movie so upset, so upset about how they butchered that whole thing.
0: I agree with you on that whole entire thing, though, too. It was also a level of cheesiness, too, and especially also, too, with the whole entire dance part inside the jazz club. Oh, so it's so bad. And then, it's like, I'm evil. I'm gonna eat cookies. Like,
1: and not, not only that, like, I get, you know, the... I, I get like, in the comic books, like, it corrupts him, and he starts to become evil, stuff, and then he like, overcomes it, and then, uh... Venom, you know, it, he goes to Brock and everything, and so I get that, but so Venom, the actual Venom, was only in that movie for, what, 10 minutes, yeah, 10 minutes and he beat and him he so easily, so easily, like, like, I was just like, are you freaking kidding me? This was just Venom, dude, like, like, what? He was, he was in that movie and, and defeated in all of, like, 10 minutes. And I was so upset because, like I said, Venom is my favorite Spider-Man villain. So I was super excited to see him. When I saw that black suit on the trailers, I was like, oh, my God, this is going to be awesome. Venom's going to be in the movie. It's going to be so cool. And and they butchered it. Just such a cringe mess of the movie.
0: I agree with you on that, man. Like, I walked out of it being very unsatisfied with that film. I wasn't even entertained with that film at all. And I should have been... Here's the thing. I should have been excited. I should have been walking out entertained. Yeah. You know, instead, I had this flat, you know, this flat feeling of being let down. Because it fell flat for me. It didn't do anything for me at all. And it's not nothing against Toby McGuire or anything like that. He did the best he could with what he had because of the script. And I think so either way it goes, even if we got another person playing that role, it would still went down the same way. It, exactly.
1: Yeah. Yes. I, I like Tom Holland. I like the new Spider-Man, but Tobey Maguire, I think, is always going to be my favorite Spider-Man just because like I was a little kid when it came out and the first two movies are so, so amazing and stuff but I like to kind of pretend that the third movie just doesn't exist.
0: I think I'm, I'm on that <laughs> same level as you are though because yeah I was like 15 years old whenever the first uh, Spider-Man came out but you know I'll always say this the first two Spider-Man movies were the best ones Oh yeah you know but yeah I could definitely see why that was actually on your list uh, being films of that you're disappointed in
1: I, I'm honestly, I'm just happy that they did come out with with a new Venom movie. Um, I know a lot of people didn't like it, the new one with with Tom Hardy as being Eddie Brock, but I really liked that movie. A lot. I love that. Movie. Uh, and I, 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 yeah, me too. I bought it. Like I saw it in theaters, and then I bought it afterwards because I liked it so much. Because I wanted to promote, like. They made a good movie with Venom, thank God. <laughs> like, I, actually I don't have movie. to think about Spider-Man 3. Like I, I really enjoyed that new movie, so I'm just happy that they made a good Venom they movie. Mare.
0: I really felt like Tom Hardy actually gave it his own spin on Venom and Eddie. And it was actually believable, too, since he was actually doing the voice for Venom. So, having him play Venom and playing Eddie... Worked itself out to where it actually balanced off each other very well.
1: Oh yeah, and I like it that they made Venom like a legit anti-hero. Same here. Like, it's cool. Like how they have it in the comics because I like ah, oh, so, I want to watch it now. <laughs>
0: <laughs> all right. Okay. So, my number ten. I'm gonna do. I'm gonna do my number ten, and that is
1: all right. Justice League. Okay, yeah. And I can see that. <laughs>
0: and I'm so happy. As a matter of fact, one of my friends just texted me. That's why he was calling me and everything. And that's why I was interrupted and everything. And whenever I said, dude, just stop, it wasn't for you or anything like that. Because if you go back and listen to this, it wasn't for you. I have to edit that part out. Okay. But um, he just told me that a Snyder's Cut trailer is going to be released soon. Oh, yes. yeah! So, <laughs> this makes me excited. <laughs> that makes me excited. So, with that being said, with Justice League, it was not Zack Snyder's fault the way that went down. Because Not at all. Everybody's like, oh, he got fired. No, he went to take care of his family because his daughter committed suicide during the filming of Justice League. Joss Whedon came in and destroyed and demolished everything that Zack actually made. There was a little bit of Zack Snyder isms in the movie, but not enough to say, "Hey, look, that's a Zack Snyder film." You know?
1: Yeah. I, and and the thing I think about that is both Zack Snyder and Josh Sweden are are both awesome directors.
0: They really are. Huh?
1: Like but... like I feel like they they do make really good movies on their own, but. I they just, in you know, it was a handoff that just wasn't successful. No,
0: because they were trying to make it like an Avengers type movie, and you can't do that with the Justice League. You might can do it with. It, I right agree. Now, here's the thing: you could probably do it with the Flash, and everything, because it's yeah. more of a lighthearted character. But you cannot do it with Batman, and that's exactly the wrong character <laughs> that they were trying to do it with.
1: Oh yeah, definitely. Batman is a Dark. He's always been serious. Right. Yeah, he's always been a super serious character.
0: Uh, and I was just so let down. You can definitely tell that it was choppy. You can definitely tell there was things that were missing in this movie, and it didn't really explain anything, especially with the mother boxes, especially with uh, Steppenwolf. And then, of course, we also there was also a promise that we were actually going to get Marshall Man, Marshall Manhunter in this movie, and we were supposed to get uh, Dark Side in this movie. And we didn't get nothing in this movie like that. And nothing was explained to us. All we got was like a all we got was a dubbed down version of a mama's boy who's a god who's going after mother boxes.
1: Yep, pretty much. (laughs) Uh, I totally totally understand because I was also disappointed in that movie too. Uh, I was really excited for it. I really feel like Warner Brothers and DC rushed this movie out in order to try and Get onto the superhero movie bandwagon, that the Avengers. That's what they started. were trying to do. That's exactly what they were trying and to go for. They 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 went and they did this movie with almost zero build up to the other characters. The Aquaman movie hadn't come out yet. There's no there was no real Flash movie. The Cyborg, all these things like they were like introduced in the Justice League movie. Like you can't do that. But you, know, you gotta have buildup with these characters and they unite together, like how exactly
0: how they did with the event. There is a right way just, to do it, they rushed it, right? But there is a right way to do it, though, if they chose to do it that way. Yeah, there is, but, but, they, but they did it right. <laughs> and not only that, but I'm gonna to say this too is the fact that you know, how I said there is a right way and a wrong way to do it. And that would be the way that they did with Guardians of the Galaxy was to go ahead and give us a layout of their background through the characters telling us their story. Which they did do that in some right. way, but not in enough detail to where we can actually get them. But one thing I can say that's actually ballsy of DC was they actually thought outside the box a little bit and wasn't trying to copy the formula of Marvel, which would have been a smarter way to go about it. But at the same time, I can actually understand why they didn't, because then you actually have the Marvel fans go, "Well, they're just copying off of the event. Yeah,
1: yeah, they would have called them out on that, and I do, and I do understand that. I do see it, um, of why they did it the way they did it, but it just, it just
0: didn't work. Right. This is upsetting. So, what's your number ten?
1: Ah, oh, all right. Well, this movie. I think, well,
0: I think that back. I'm on number. Okay, we skipped the number.
1: Alright, I'm I'm on my my top one. Do you wanna do your one for, your other one first? Yeah. Or
0: yeah, I did my number ten, which was Justice League. I didn't do my number nine.
1: Alright, what's your number nine? The nun. The nun. I did not want to see that movie.
0: <laughs> I went into expectations oh. of thinking that this was gonna be really good. I walked out being very, very, very disappointed. We have this French guy. Every single character in this movie doesn't have any layers to him. It's a paint-by-your-numbers plot. It's a paint-by-your-numbers characters where it's just generic. Cheap jump scares. Oof. And then there's this French guy who's trying to pick up on this other nun who's like an apprentice nun. He goes, hey, we oui, wee, oui. I like the beautiful woman. And I'm like, oh, yeah, I'm like, this, okay, this was the 90s? You could get away with that. <laughs> but this is not the 90s.
1: The Pepe Le Pew
0: type stuff right. going on. I was like, ah, oh, the beautiful <laughs> a woman, I would go and make love to you. Oh, you train things. I'm like, no. <laughs> so you're trying to be the nun. That is very nice. Here, I get the flower for you and I'm like no 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 more and the only scene that I can say that actually creeped me out and this is just one scene is where it takes place in a graveyard and all of a sudden she's looking at the grave and all of a sudden now she's inside the grave this character's inside the grave so that part I really liked that little asshole
1: But the rest of the
0: movie is just blah. And and the funny thing is it says produced by James Wan. But 99% 99 of the time when a movie says that it's produced by somebody, they just do that just to slap it on there, saying that it's produced by James Wan. There's no Yeah, they give them money and that's it. (laughs) But there's no thumbprints. You can actually tell there's no thumbprints of James Wan being attached to this thing.
1: Yeah, no i I saw the trailers for that movie, and I was like, "Nope, <laughs> for this movie i I had zero interest in seeing that from the beginning." Same. I'm glad
0: I didn't. Okay, so that's my number nine and my number ten. So, what's your number ten?
1: Transformers: To Revenge of the Fall. You see,
0: I like the first two Transformers movies. All
1: right, all right. so so I have some some issues <laughs> with. I loved the first one. Yeah, the
0: first one's great.
1: I really liked the first one. I thought the first one was freaking awesome. It was really cool. Uh, And so I was really excited for the second one. I was so excited for the second one that I skipped school in order to go see it with my (laughs) friend. (laughs) Because I I was in high school at the the time. Uh, And so that's how excited I was to see it. And I went one of the first things that really irked me about it was that they have a human Decepticon, like in the first like 15 minutes or so of the movie. And that, I just remember that like really irked me a lot because I'm like, no, like no, the Decepticons and the us they don't take human forms. They are freaking cars and trucks and boats and tanks and jets, not people. <laughs> and because that girl tries to hit on him in the college and she's got like the tail that's coming out like her butt. I don't know if you remember oh, that yeah, part. Oh
0: yeah, I remember. That. <laughs> you know?
1: And like I saw this, and that's like towards the beginning of the movie, and I'm just like, "What the fuck is going on?" <laughs> you remember
0: this: the tongue.
1: Yes. Like a Freddy oh Cougar. Oh my god, no!
0: There's like a Freddy Cougar uh, type of tongue, but with mechanical parts. I
1: and mean, oh my god, no! Just, just so much no in that, in that one scene, and that, so that from pretty much the beginning, I was just like. God. Like what is the rest of this gonna be like? And so and there were so I will say the action scenes are freaking awesome. They do know how to do a cool action scene. Like, and I mean it's Michael Bay, so I mean, you know, that's pretty much what he does. But uh the part that the parts that really irk me about it is kind of uh more like the plot line of it, a whole uh, the ancient aliens with the pyramids and like I felt like a lot of the battles were kind of just like thrown in there, just like for filler. Like there didn't really need, need to be a fight scene at this point, but the fight scenes are cool and there's lots of explosions and robot battles right. and stuff. So they're just like, oh, here's a random fight scene. Enjoy that. Here you go, audience it doesn't really need to be here, but here it is.
0: I think that uh, and like, I'm gonna have to re-correct myself on something though. I know I said I liked the first two, I only like the first one. Yeah. The first one is awesome. Right. I had to recorrect myself on that one because now I rem I got one of the two mixed up. But anyways, go on. N-
1: yeah, now that you're thinking about it, you're like, oh shit. <laughs> right, this movie. <laughs> <laughs> um, and a big thing that really annoyed me was how like the pyramids were like these like transmitter things for the Decepticons. It was like, No, ancient aliens is not the freaking thing. Stop, stop with it. I'm a history teacher. That immediately Takes me off to no end. Exactly. When they start bringing up, like, like no, humans made the pyramids. Shut up. Like we've been here. We are perfectly capable of this. Like no, 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 no. That's not how it works.
0: You remind me of Luke Skywalker finding out that Darth Vader is his father.
1: That's not possible.
0: And don't forget, I actually feel like the rest of the Transformers movies, like a a two-and-a-half-hour Super Bowl commercial. What? What? I actually feel like the other Transformers movies, including the second one, is a a two-and-a-half-hours of a giant Super Bowl commercial. You have spinning camera angles. You also have explosions going everywhere. You have... uh, I don't understand. Okay, that. I
1: totally see what you're saying now. It's like, definitely, it's
0: it like, oh, you're a transformer. You're a transformer. It's like the Oprah Winfrey of transformers. Everything's a transformer.
1: <laughs> There's, exactly. Yeah. It, it's just, oh man, it's just ridiculous. I was just so. And one of the other reasons why it's my number one is because it is the only movie that I saw in theaters that I walked out of before it was before it ended. Oh wow! It's the only time I've ever done it. And it's not that I walked out of it because I was like, Oh screw this movie, I'm leaving. Uh like I said, me and my friend we skipped school to go see it. And one of our other friends texted us being like, Hey, you wanna chill? We were like, Yeah, fuck this movie. <laughs> like just, we did stay through about like eighty percent of it. Like we saw like most of it and both of us were like I looked at him and he looked at me and we were just like, Yeah, man, let's just go. <laughs> like I'd rather hang out with my friend than sit through the rest of this movie. Right. So it's like the only movie I ever actually walked out of because it's like, I would rather do that than stay for the next, you know, right. rest of the movie.
0: But another thing I want to mention is that with that, then there's the Megan Fox and Shia LaBeouf kiss while there's actually explosions going everywhere. No sense of danger. Feel very cartoonish.
1: Oh, yeah. it The whole thing is just, that was cringy too, and like the Megan and Megan Fox, like her whole thing through that movie. Apparently, I think I heard like in real life she was also like super bitch. Right. Apparently, and that's why she's not like in the. I think she's not in the third one or whatever. Well, um but. here's the
0: thing: her she talked a bunch of crap about Michael Bay to the point where she got fired from the third movie.
1: Right, okay. And then they made up,
0: and I think they put her again in another movie, if I'm not mistaken.
1: No, no,
2: no, 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 I didn't watch. They made
0: up. (laughs) Okay, I know what happened. They made up, and she was in Teenage Mutant Ninja Turtles instead. Oh, God. Because I remember the tweet that he sent out to Megan. He goes, Don't worry, Megan. I'll make sure that my Transformers don't go ahead and blow you up, or something like that to that effect. (laughs) And. Oh, yeah he fired her right on the spot because she didn't like being in the Transformers movies anymore
1: yeah it was I mean the movies. The first one was great and I feel like they sensed you know like when they sense a moneymaker, and they just like push it and push it and push it even though or the hell, like, they just make a sequel when they shouldn't right I also felt like, like, okay, like...
0: Right. I also felt like it was like over sexualization of a character like Megan Fox.
1: Yes. Yes. I mean, yeah, Megan Fox is hot, but this is a Transformers movie. <laughs> right. <laughs> like, like, unless she's... like there's no there's no need for that. Right,
0: not unless she's gonna tra- transform into a Transformer. I don't care.
1: No, no human transformers.
0: <laughs> we already went over this. <laughs> this is as bad as we've been here all along. We are, no, shut we up. We are in the pyramid. <laughs> Stop.
1: <laughs> this is terrible it's such a bad I mean good right. uh, like, I will say it again the action movies are freaking awesome the action scenes are cool right. Uh, they're random and I don't feel like half of them needed to be in the movie Uh, I actually don't even feel like the movie should have been made in general but uh, uh, I just walked I walked out I walked out of the movie I don't blame you just, it was so bad but is there that's it that's hmm. That's my number 10. All
0: right. Well, this has been fun, man. I really enjoyed having you on and everything. I'm sorry about the interruptions and stuff like that that happened. That's all good. It happens. You know, but I always love when we do our top 10 list, whether it's stuff that we're disappointed in, the good and the bad, the ugly of the video game stuff that we did and stuff like that. It's always been fun. Oh, yeah.
1: It's always fun. It has yeah, I love doing this.
0: But if you think of any more stuff, we'll definitely do it, man. And also, too, I'm also looking to do some news stuff and things like that. So if there's anything that actually interests you and you want to actually do a news segment, let me know. We'll do it. Heck yeah, man. Sounds good. All right. Well, anyways, this is John DiGiorio from Movie Lovers Night, And you guys can actually reach me at Movie Lovers Night TV Lovers Night on Facebook. I'm actually on a – I have a WordPress uh website now for Movie Loves Unite you can actually check me out over there you can actually ch- check me out on Instagram at Movie Loves Unite over there mm. you can also even, even email us at Unite at gmail.com and of course you can also tweet me out at John DiGorio on Twitter and you can also Twitter, use Twitter for Movie Loves Unite or Movie Loves Unit on, movie, uh, on Twitter as well and you can also mm. catch Rick and I on the Joker Unleashed page that we work together